Welcome to another episode of Media Rewind on the Boom Howdy Entertainment Network. Boom Howdy. I'm Dustin P. And I'm Genius McGee. And on this episode, we go back into the apocalyptic wasteland. Yes. And we recap episode one of season nine of AMC's The, the Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. I dug it, dude. Yeah. So... For the sake of brevity and the sake of our listeners, we do dive directly into spoilers, but we would be remiss and we would be a defunct podcast if we cover The Walking Dead and we don't cover the news of the weekend. Yeah. With that being said, Genus and I were at the Kansas City Horror Club's um, Horror at the Drive-In last night when the news broke that Herschel Herschel himself, Scott Wilson, had passed at the age of 76. Yeah. So... He wasn't just Herschel. To a lot of people, he had a lot of supporting roles in a lot of different movies. Mm-hmm. Um, watching back on some of the some of just the random films that I watched throughout the years, I, I didn't realize that he had been in so many. Yeah, he's yeah. been in a lot of shit. He's in one of my favorites, uh, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, Behind the Mask, that mm-hmm. documentary about a serial killer. He plays like an old retired serial killer. Mm-hmm. He's great. Um, he was in G.I. Jane. As one of the the top brass that like try to drum uh, Demi Moore out of the out of the core, so and, and you know what he was a really cool dude. I met him one time at uh, one of the cons. I think it which one was I think it was Crypticon. it was Crypticon, yeah, it was Kansas City Crypticon, and he was just like the nicest dude. I mean, you'd always you'd see him like talk about. Uh, you would see him like not like oh, we're stalking him, and right? Stuff, but even thing, he's at a restaurant or he was talking to fans and stuff, and he just seemed like that like genial folksy grandpa mm-hmm. you know like he was herschel even off screen just like the the nice like well you know back on the farm blah 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 you know let me tell you a story you can't put all your eggs in one basket or then you'll never have a good crop you know and shit like that yeah exactly so he was just like a really cool dude so it's like it's a it's a bummer that he we, he will be missed. It really is. I mean, because you're talking about a, a body of work that literally spanned, I believe, five plus decades. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like he had an abbreviated stint as just the character on The Walking Dead. I mean, right. if if you shake a stick at any of the movies during the 80s, 90s, and even before, you're probably going to find him pop up in some aspect of, you know, not even necessarily genre films, but some big fanfare that would be... Um, would be some pretty well-known, you know, large-scale movies that he had a big part in or a little part. Yeah, so he, he's he's like that extra spice that makes everything nice. When he just pops up, that's a good character actor. Uh, absolutely. When like, even if he's known as one char- one guy, like even if if yeah. anybody if anybody knows him as as Herschel and just as Herschel, at least he's known. You know what I'm saying? He'll, yeah, he'll, he'll, I mean, he'll be eternal. And then even to be that guy, like, oh, check it out, it's Herschel, going back and like reverse engineering the awesome body of work he's done. So that's pretty cool. His yep. legacy will live on. Absolutely. So from Genius and I, a heartfelt, sincere condolence to anybody that had the um, ha- had the opportunity to meet him, yeah. become a friend, a loved one, anything like that. Because The Walking Dead is definitely a lesser show without him. Yep. And now the world is too. So. Mm-hmm. With that being said, we will go into Season 9, Episode 1, t- right. entitled A New Beginning. Uh-huh. And for the sake of our listeners and brevity, we do dive directly into spoilers, so we will spoil the hell out of this episode. So, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. You right. have been warned. Genius, what was your first take on this episode? I dug it. I really did. It was like, it was a super slow 
episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially for a season premiere, like, you know, season nine, a brand new world and a whole new beginning, you know? It was like chugging at like a fucking snail's pace, but it was more about the journey than the destination with this at this point, you know? I mean, it was all about what happens next in the aftermath. And there's not a lot of bells and whistles that are going on after crazy shit's going down. There's problems. I thought this was like, this was more of a, it's weird to say that it was more of a grounded episode in one. You're dealing with like politics now. I mean, it's a very political show now. And two, you're dealing with like a zombie apocalypse. So it's hard to say that it's grounded in reality, (laughs) but at the same time, you know, this feels gritty and grimy and like not real world problems, but like even on a microscopic level, you can look at like the different relationship problems that are happening yeah and and you can definitely see what you know how this world is going to be shaped by these people that are in power Mm -hmm. so you know we left season eight with the the triumvirate of treachery between jesus daryl and maggie and we don't really get a lot of that in this episode no you know we we you know finish the war with the the you know the saviors and the sanctuary um negan has been incapacitated and we were presumed uh, you know to be locked up so, you know, he's out of the picture per se. Um, we still have an undertone of uh, Negan sympathizers. There's a lot of discourse on, like, all fronts. Yeah, not there really is. Me. Yeah, it's not just within the sanctuary. Yeah. I mean, like, okay, so but, but let's go with the, let's go from the beginning. So the first time we see him, I got here's one of the questions I had. I don't think it was a smart move for everybody to go on a run with, like, all the heads of state in there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, it's kind of like, you know, that you can't have the president and the vice president fly at the same time with, this, like, the <laughs> attorney general or some shit. Because, like, if something goes wrong, fucking checks and balances and shit goes out the window, right? Uh, so, like, I don't think it was such a good move if they're going to go fucking read the Azure National History Museum. The fact that you have the King, King Ezekiel and now Lady Carol, you have... Uh, Basically, you had Maggie, Maggie, you had Cindy you from had the Oceanside. C- exactly, and Cindy from the Oceanside. You had Jada. You had all. You had your main cast of characters, mm-hmm. your leaders of the group. If anything went fucking wrong, like it would create some crazy ass power vacuum. So, like, I don't think it was the smartest move on their part. And it was a cool. Pl- okay, so they're going to the Natural History Museum to rate it, and they're we in don't Washington D.C. Yep, right. So, like, at least we now know exactly where things are kind of at. They're at right. least a good day. Yeah, ride they're they're, from- ma- they're matriculating northward. Right, which I think is such a weird spin on it. The fact that like it's now very political. Now it's set in Washington D.C. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they're gonna go raid the National History Museum, and so fucking. There has to be an easier way to bring these antiquities down than fucking like going over the glass thing. There has to be like well, a. There's really big, no other way, man. I mean, you don't have cranes. I mean, because that, that's how they got them in there. There has to be like a service elevator or something or fucking like. A service elevator for a little house on the prairie's wagon? I highly doubt it. <laughs> I mean, Michael Landon just used his, like, good juju to get it up there. He levitated it up there. <laughs> Fucking Laura Zingle wiling out. But, like, so... Like, <laughs> but, like, it just seemed ridiculous. I mean, like, not that, like... I, it probably was the last resort, but, like, I would have... I don't know. It's like, first of all, you're going across this rickety glass, 
like bridge. Well, it's not even rickety. I mean, if you consider like the way that they build those things, the the floors in those places. I mean, that's thick glass. Right. I mean, that's not candy glass. That's not no, plexiglass. It's not I mean, sugar glass. That's that's right. literally like probably two inch to the you know two inch thick Lexan. Right. I mean, like bulletproof panels. So I mean, it has to absorb the weight of all of the people, but. In the zombie apocalypse, you don't have Steve for maintenance keeping up on everything. <laughs> so you, you've got like, you know, it's this deterioration decrepit. of everything. Right. You right. know, the humans, the buildings, the facilities. But then just to bring down fucking wagons east, you know, down and across. Canoes and, and canoes and antique and, plows. And that's the thing. Okay, so all right. I'll dis- I'll suspend disbelief like that, all right? But wouldn't you rather want to get the small stuff out of the way first before, like, shit goes down and then try and bring the big thing? Uh, I don't know, man. I I, I don't know. I mean, because, just... like, you know, if, shit, if, the, if the big thing's going to break, the like, if you're trying to cross a bridge and the big thing breaks the bridge and all that other stuff is fucked, at least get that other stuff out of there. I mean, you can't tell me that if they're in the, you know, they're in the south, like, Atlanta, Virginia area, that these people don't have, like, trailers that hook up to trucks. I mean, why why do you need to get a covered wagon? I mean, why can't you just go to like the the nearest like trailer rental store and steal a couple sixteen footers? Right, you know or, what I mean, and hitch them up to a horse, or at least like take a Polaroid camera. There's got to be a camera around there somewhere. I know you can't develop it. They broke I know into th- the Natural History Museum, not the Bozo's Grand Prize game. <laughs> This episode of the shop with our Polaroid Spectre System camera. They got a gift shop, right? <laughs> Fucking, they got a gift shop. Cookies in there. History. He's like, where did all my friends go? And now he's a zombie. Fucking zombie ass clown. Fucking <laughs> grand prize. <laughs> Bozo. But... No, I enjoyed it because you know what? It was tense as fuck. Yeah, it really was, man. And one of your characters almost got got. I know. I was like, oh, no, not the king, right? And I knew they wouldn't have got. If they, if fucking, like, if they would have gotten him got in the first episode of the new season. I would have turned off. I would have been pissed. I would have been like, fuck this. <laughs> Slam. Slam Break shit the down. remote control to fuck your yeah. I, but that was tense. You know, that was tense because, one, you don't want you don't want to see King go. I don't want to see King go. Oh, I don't want to see King Ezekiel go, period. Right? And then the fact that, like, <laughs> they're trying to pull him up so that he's trying to cover the cross, the rickety bridge, and, they, of course, it breaks. <laughs> right? So he's dangling down like a fucking piñata, and they're over there trying to bat him and shit. Right? And so finally they, like, try to pull him up, and it's like, it's like the blade is like cutting the rope and i'm like oh no not the king right and so that was some tense shit i'm glad like he made it oh i I know it's a foregone conclusion no and we've seen we've seen the walking dead kill off characters in the in the season premieres before Mm -hmm. i i don't think they would do that to to carrie payton just because i mean dude king ezekiel had we, we even talked about it during our recap shows of last season. Mm-hmm. He had very little to do in like the last four or five episodes of last season. Yeah. So, and I think that the showrunners really understood that they underutilized him Absolutely. quite a bit. Absolutely. Now, granted, he was on the mend and he was, you know, kind of mentally distraught because of Shiva, but it was like. Uh, you really have this heavyweight character that a lot of people love mm-hmm. that you did absolutely nothing with. Yeah. So to kill him off in the first episode, I think that would be it's a horseshit. terrible mistake. Yeah, a oh, bullshit mistake. And I'm glad that I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad, it looks like they're going to give out a little bit more. Yeah. Well. So we'll, uh, apparently King Ezekiel's getting a lot more mm-hmm. because he actually has a love interest now, and it's a fucking Carol. And it's Carol, badass Carol. Yeah, because when when he actually gets pulled up. 
you know, he's, he's you know, oh my God, you know, I, I, oops, I crap myself, you know, right. kind of thing. And and Carol gives him this, you know, this, this very passionate kiss mm-hmm. that we knew they had a dynamic happening between the two of them, but we didn't know that it right. was that far. Exactly, which because is good because the dynamic that we've always seen has been between Carol and Daryl. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I thought that was I thought that was really cool that they gave that like love interest angle to Carol and uh, and King Ezekiel as opposed to Carol and Daryl. Right, Be- because that's. I've been saying they should hook up for the longest time. Yeah, and I'm I'm definitely not I'm definitely not a fan of Hillbilly Justice getting getting the uh you know, I, I guess the, right. the brunt of the uh the brunt of the Carol work. But it's cool that they're still friends, you know? I mean it's cool that like they're still like, you know she like even later on in the episode she's like, I still wanna know what my pookie thinks. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean like <laughs> So that's pretty cool. Sorry, Daryl, you've been friend-zoned. But, you know, I think they're both cool with that. Yeah, I, I mean, do, too. And they, they they both know that they're both warriors at heart. Yeah, and I and think Daryl understands they, that. At they're this, running their own path. At, at this point, you know, Carol has been through so much, you know, mm-hmm. with, with her you know ex-husband who is abusive, losing Sophia. And, I mean, Daryl's been around for all of that. Yeah. So he knows what Carol's been through. And, you know, ain't nothing wrong with platonic friends. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, sometimes, you, sometimes when you've been through a lot of shit together, it's just it's almost like a brother sister thing. Yep. You know, so that's ain't nothing wrong with that. But I'm glad that I'm glad that they're hooking up with King Ezekiel and Carol because I think they'll work good for each other. Well, yeah. I mean, you, even you, though she's refuting him, but it's not his fault. But before we get into that, one more thing of the Natural History Museum before we go out of the Natural History Museum, the fucking zo- spider zombie. That oh, was crazy. Yeah. yeah. That, that, was that was crazy. That was I like awesome. that. that. Yeah, that was some awesome work there. Mm-hmm. That was some fucked up shit. You know that made a whole bunch of people squirm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just like... I mean, all yeah. these people are like, oh my God, it's a spider. Burn your house down. All right, just get some rain. Okay. Get, <laughs> that, a, get a glue trap. Still, that freaked up. me out. Fucking big old spider zombie vomiting out spiders and shit. And they were, those weren't like regular spiders. Those were like Amazon spiders. Oh, whatever. That was a tarantula and a bunch of little baby spiders. Still pretty scary. Deal with it, sucker. At least we know... <laughs> Apparently now we know that zombies don't eat insects. Yeah. So protein be good on them. Yeah, I guess I'll tear up one of those chocolate covered ants. (laughs) So when they get all of these antiquities out of the Natural History Museum, and and the reason why they're doing that is because they want to use them as templates. Yeah. You know, so they can smart. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know we have a we have a blacksmith. Mm-hmm. Who is shoeing horses, and he's going to use that plow as a template to yeah. to make you know additional farm implements. And we find this out. We find all this information out via the fodder gang trio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you notice that? It's like because like they're opening and they're showing everybody. It's like okay, there's your Zeta, right? There's fucking like uh, there's Carol, there's King Ezekiel, there's Rick, there's, there's Maggie, Rick, there's Maggie, there's Michonne, there's fucking the badass. Okay, there's Jada now, who's like Jadis, yeah, Jadis, who's really cool the fucking blind preacher badass the one i was hoping for oh, yeah. i was hoping fucking gabriel become a badass and that was a great little joke that they had where he impaled that zombie on the human evolution yeah that was a funny little joke um and like he's that bad so they show all these people that we know and love and then three people we don't know who the fuck they are yeah and like i wonder who's gonna die next you know? yeah i mean you you had the young dave girl right you, you had purple horseshoe yeah lucky charms <laughs> and then you had an you know the the old navy model model guy well, we boy old band. Navy model guy was gonna be there you know he's gonna be some crazy shit later on fucking old navy model guy 
But so we had Purple Horse here. They're like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when you get back to town? Like, oh, I'm going to become an apprentice. I'm going to become an apprentice. I'm going to be a blacksmith. (laughs) The minute you start talking about your dreams and this shit like that, nobody knows who the fuck you are. Exactly. You're going to die. It's better to just shut the fuck up and just keep on like, what are you going to do when you get home? I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) I'm going to keep riding this horse for the next three seconds. Just, keep just, my head down, just keep like, my head on swivel. Like, look, what you doing? Shut up. But, you know, honestly, in in his defense, after they were planning out, you know, what they were going to do when they get back to, you know, their, quote, civilization, mm-hmm. you know, they, they get, they find out that the bridge has been washed away because of, you know, the number one, the zombie herd broke the bridge down. But they've had these like massive storms and big old floods and right. like, rapids and shit. Yep. And that was cool to see all the bodies like float down the river, like have breakfast. <laughs> Worst float trip ever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but it was it was nice to see that you know they were trying to plan this out, and I mean he didn't die, you know, frivolously. He died for a just cause. Okay, so. I don't know if saving a horse is a just cause in the zombie apocalypse, I but I'll get I'll give it to him. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that you know anybody should be cruel to animals or anything like that, but I'm just saying if it comes between me and a horse, I mean, I'm gonna do the Rick Grimes in season one. I'm just gonna have to burn out. I don't know because he was like he goes make sure my horse is okay. That's his horse. I mean, that's his pet. That's his sheep. Get a horse. <laughs> I can see where he's like, hey, I'm gonna go save because my horse. Oh, butternuts! I don't think he was hope. I don't think he was planning for it to be a self sacrifice. No, I don't think he was either. But, but I mean, he, good he on died, him. He died nobly and he died just. Yeah, good, good on him, man. Right. And so, I mean, they had to do what he had to do. And so, like, they're like, ooh, and everybody's like, ooh, I don't envy Maggie right now. Oosh, you know. Yeah, and and I feel bad for Maggie too because now mm-hmm. that she's been the quote elected member, you know, leader of yeah. the Hilltop. I mean, she ca- has to carry the brunt of all this weight and, you know, the yeah, the, the leadership, you know, I guess, burden. And which, like, having to tell the, the family of, mm-hmm. of the, the departed, like, the bad news for anybody through any time period has to be gut-wrenching unless you're, like, cold. You yeah, know? absolutely. And so, like, for her to do that. And then Brett Butler out of yeah, nowhere. Yeah, that was cool. Brett Butler. I honestly, and I mean, I know we made jokes during the episode, yeah, we did. but I haven't seen Brett Butler for quite a while. And it's not because I, I don't seek her out or anything like that, but <laughs> I just, I, I haven't seen her in a lot of things. It's like, nobody's ever been like, Hmm, I wonder what I wonder happened to Brett, Brett Butler, Butler, you know, but dude, I, I enjoyed her in this episode. I mean, I, I've enjoyed a lot of the things that she's been in. Yeah, you know, so I, I definitely. Brett Butler. I, I think funny she, though. I think she played the shit out of the mom character. Yeah, she did. I mean, the, she she gave us a lot with grief. She gave us a lot with anger. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, and it was good to see Brett Butler not be Brett Butler. You yeah, know not saying? be funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she died. She showed off a little bit of acting chops, and she, and she did good. She she showed off like you said that grief really well, and. But at the same time, just to be, I can understand where she's coming from, but just to yell it at Maggie and all that. And then we find out it's that slippery snake, Gregory, using all of his shit. To, to quote the, the the famous philosopher genius, Maggie, fuck that guy. Fuck that dude. <laughs> fuck Gregory. <laughs> fuck him, dude. He's a piece of shit. I mean, even from the work go, they're like, oh, well, he's not taking it. Very, oh, well. And, but he, and so then he's like over there talking about all this. The first time we see him, we see in the, Gregory in the episode, he's like giving this like, really actually nice soliloquy at the funeral of yeah, the bereaved it, it, yeah, yeah. after they fucking said, okay, we're going to have a ceremony, and Maggie, you are not fucking welcome. Yeah. Th- so that was kind of cold-blooded. I, I, well, I can understand why. I mean, they, they blame her for the death of their son, 
But, I mean, a who knew Old Navy model guy had pipes? Right. I mean, he turned it from Old Navy model guy to Old Navy model boy band. Right. You know, so. Tiny boy. Right. <laughs> but, like, at the same time, you know, it's hard to put yourself in that position of the Brett Butler and the family, you know. But, at the same, I mean, but it's the zombie apocalypse. No, you know I don't think saying? it's hard to put him in that in that place at all, man. I mean, if you if you've it, never been, I mean, I can't. I have well, I've never dude, had a, no, nobody's died in the zombie apocalypse, because right? We've not had a zombie but, apocalypse, right? At the same time, if you're a small community in the zombie apocalypse, it's, it's yeah, like, you're gonna lose people. It's like purge land. Yep. You know, it's gonna happen. Yep. So I can see where they're. I can see both sides, and that it's both heart wrenching. And when we call them fodder because we don't know, and we got to move the story along. Begin. We're talking about a fucking fictional show but at the same time that's got to be tough on maggie yeah it really does i mean mean, anytime you lose people i mean we've seen we've seen what it does to rick we've seen what it does to maggie now yeah and it doesn't help that you have that fucking weasel capitalizing on somebody's death yeah that's that's it it's uncalled for i mean because gregory's a little snake yeah he is and getting him drunk on purpose Fuck that. Dude. Yeah, he broke out the hooch just so he could kind of hatch this plan. Mm-hmm. So do you, do we want to go ahead and talk about the plan? Uh, yeah, let's we, go we ahead. We might as well, we, we, since we're already let's, on Maggie. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the plan. So after everything breaks out with the funeral and, you know, the, the distraught nature of the family, mm-hmm. uh, Gregory is, is continuing to plant these seeds of discontent and, and discord, you know, between everybody in the community saying, well, you know, well, we they they voted for Maggie, but she's not fit, and right. we didn't vote for her. You didn't vote for you know. She's the, not my president. Yeah, yeah. blah, blah shit like that. You right. know, like oh well, we we can do better than this, and blah 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 or whatever. And being an asshole about it, and a fucking turd. And it was just like, so he gets the father drunk to the point where he gets them both drunk. Well, yeah. So Brett Butler's character goes back in. She just you know, I I just want to be alone. I just want to sleep. I just want to sleep it off. And then, like, Gregory comes out, and it was such a weird shot when he came in there. Oh, yeah, just kind of standing in the He's doorway. He's just kind of standing there like, so, hey, who's ready to party? You know, and it's like, you're Gregory. Who, who wants to party with the G-Man? Because he's got the bottle in his hand. He's like, how's it going? You know, and it's like, oh, man, you're gross, Gregory. But but, but he, he gets the father drunk. And we didn't find out until later on in the episode the reason that he got the father drunk was he tried to hatch this gigantic plan to have Maggie assassinated. Mm-hmm. So Maggie's taking little Herschel, which we get another callback, which is so appropriate in this episode. Right. Glenn and, I mean, Glenn and Maggie's baby is named Herschel. Yeah. So she's taking Herschel for you know a, nice. a midnight stroll. Mm-hmm. And Gregory comes up to Maggie and says, you know, oh, you know, Sorry, everything broke down, this, that, and the other. And he and goes, being well, that two-faced shit. Yeah, I think, you know, I didn't want to mention to you at the funeral, but I think somebody desecrated it in, you know, Glenn's grave. Oh, <laughs> it, it could have been by accident or it could have been something completely, you know, innocent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously Maggie's going to go over and check on it. Because he fucking gaslight her. He yeah. fucking, like, knew what her trigger was. He's like, a douche. He, yeah, he is. He says, oh, well, you know, if you go over there right now and check it out, just saying, surprise, surprise, you know? And then he fucking has the Gordon's Fisherman fucking <laughs> hiding in the shadows, slinking. And that was fucked up, dude, because not only did he cold clock Maggie and try to, like, stab her, yeah. he knocked over the goddamn baby cart, knocking the baby out of the thing. I was like, holy and shit. And then he hit Enid, too. Yeah, he did. Enid, Enid got clocked. Because Enid was like, what's going on? 
pop, just knocking it out, and then and, he got fucked and, up. And then we, it. then we, you know, same for the for the time. joke for the joke of the evening, time. the minute they pull the hood off of him, right. Genius and I go, Oh man, Carruthers, right? <laughs> oh, we got away with the two and one for Jesus and the crew, right? Fucking. He, it, was total, it was totally an old man Carruthers moment. He was like, what the... <laughs> Buck Flowers. But staying, on that, damn it. <laughs> but staying on that same trend, you know, Maggie goes uh, back and confronts Gregory. Mm-hmm. And, and Gregory pulls a knife on her. He all but admits it. Yeah. And then he pulls a knife on her. And he goes, what the fuck you going to do about it? And she kicked his ass and she should have fucking killed him. She should have stabbed him. She should have killed him. But at the same time, at the same time, it's a good thing she didn't. Because if she would have did, if she would have killed him, he would have became instantly a martyr. Yep. And that would have sown even more, more undertones of, you know, treachery and, and everything mm-hmm. else within the Hilltop community. And at least if he's alive before she kills him, be like, fucking you tell everybody what you fucking did. Yeah. Right. Just sort of like, ah, oh, go hell, you know? And I like that the next scene we see is fucking, they're building gallows. <laughs> well, we don't really know if they're gallows. They need we, to fucking be. We hope they're gallows. They you need know, to fucking because be. Because I really do think that Gregory needs to be gone. I've been saying for fucking years now, Gregory needs to get got. If he doesn't die this season, I'm going to fucking yell. I don't know what else, I don't know what else to say, but Gregory needs to go. Uh, I hate that dude. So now that we've covered... You knocked pretty... the baby out of the goddamn way. <laughs> <laughs> and you cheered. <laughs> I, 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 cried a, I kind of laughed at the same time because it was so shocking just to be yeah, like ridiculous. Because exactly. like, you almost like expected like a little like a cheap baby doll. Because that, that fucking bassinet flipped. That fucking thing went over like a head-on collision. No babies were harmed in the making of this episode. And then they show the baby like coming up. What the fuck? He comes out, gets her shit knocked out. That old man Carruthers was knocking people out left and right. He was a drunkard. Women and children first. (laughs) He was a a drunkard. Right? But And Brett Butler's going to be pissed. Oh, absolutely. Now because, you know, he tried to assassinate Maggie. And you know, he needs to go treason. And, and whether or not it was whether or not it was like the just the plan or whatnot, he was manipulated. He still tried to kill Maggie. Any community, anywhere. Once again, like I said, if you try and kill the leader of the mm-hmm. game, you have to die. That's yeah. that's what goes on. Yeah. So so I mean, we've pretty much covered everything with the hilltop. We've touched on a lot of the stuff with the Natural History Museum and the Carol and uh, Ezekiel, kind of like love love interest piece of it. We really well, need to get to the sanctuary. Yeah. So. We find out earlier on in the episode, you know, Daryl is the the, the de, facto de facto leader. Yeah, the de facto yeah. leader now of the sanctuary. Which and was, it, even at the beginning, bad move. Daryl's not a leader. No, he is absolutely not. He does not have the temperament to be a leader. He is not a leader. But anyway, so we get there and shit's terrible. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're they're hanging on by a thread, and even risky. Well, no, and, and yeah, they're making they're making ethanol. Mm-hmm. You know, they're out, out of the corn crops that they can't keep alive. Gasoline. And but the the awesome thing I think that that Daryl really showcased is that you know the the people in the sanctuary were trying to keep these crows out of the out of the crops. So you know they were shooing them off and everything, and then all of a sudden they they bring out the Bolton Flayed Man cross <laughs> and they string up a zombie on it. Well, and Daryl comes by and says, you know, what the hell are you guys doing? He was like, oh, we need to keep the birds away. And he kills the zombie because that's not them anymore. But see, I think that's bad bullshit. I think that's bad management. You know what I'm saying? Because, for example, I don't think it's 
the zombie's dead and they're making a scarecrow. So if you're going to use a zombie, might as well have him go. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah, I, I don't think. I it's, don't know, man. It's, it's they're not. It's not like we're flaying the blood of our enemies. Negan Negan did that for show. He did that for his enemies for show. This serves a purpose. I don't think it's that. I think Daryl's just being a fucking poopy wet blanket. I think he's coming. I think he's because he one he's a bad leader. He doesn't know how to motivate. He can't. He doesn't keep any of his people in the loop. He comes back successful from the raid. Everybody's like, "Hey, what's going on? Hey, can we do anything? Can you want to talk to people? I don't want to tell nobody nothing. Fuck you, Hillbilly Justice." And he goes off. Well, in, are, in his defense, they just lost a couple. They just lost a person. At, yeah, but at and the same, he did say that. Yeah, but at the same time, he could say, "Look, everything went well. We did lose somebody. I will keep everybody informed later." But to going even before that, he's pooping on everybody's parade. They're trying to like have some sort of levity. Shit's going bad, and when shit goes bad, if you don't like give some people something to be happy about you get exactly what's going on right now where you have people still trying to rise up and fight Negan yeah but you you don't do that with you know reverting back to what you know Negan had installed with with using the the bodies of the dead you know as as almost uh symbols of the sanctuary but see I don't think that's I don't think that's what the intent was I no, it, it definitely wasn't the intent. I mean, I'm not saying that. I just said from Daryl's point of view, yeah, that's what it looks like. I you just, know, they're they're trying to revert back to being, you know, the saviors. But I, but again, I think that all be resolved if Daryl was more open to talk to his people. If he's supposed to be a leader, but that's not hillbilly justice, right? That's not hillbilly justice. And then we find out later on, he's like, I don't, I can't fucking lead this. I don't, I hate this shit. He's a bad leader. He's bad at it. And so he wants out, and his people want him out. That's but, why we had the "We Are Still Negan" graffiti. Well, and and in his defense, I mean, do you think you could lead individuals that held you captive? Yeah, that's that, another, that's yeah. That, that's, no, I mean, he even he even tells Rick that when he talks to him, you know, kind of a little sidebar about he doesn't want to lead these people anymore. You know, because how could you? Him. How could you physically? Look at these people. Yeah, knowing that these these individuals are who kept you captive, right? And who put you on Easy Street? Exactly. Who made you eat dog feet and the dog food sandwiches? Again, I'm telling you, like fucking Daryl's having the hundred foot stare, and like you hear, we're on Easy Street, and it feels so sweet. Right, yeah, straight straight up thousand yard stare, right? And all he sees at the end is like an Alpo can. He's got like fucking dog food dreams, fucking flashbacks. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. This is not a good situation. He'd be a terrible leader anywhere, but especially at the sa- at the sanctuary. Oh, and I, I'm believe me, I'm not arguing that point that Daryl Dixon is the next president of the Hilltop community or the sanctuary or you know the new communities that are out and about. Yeah, I, I don't think that that's anywhere close to being accurate. But see, you know, once again, what they need to do is they need to stick through their strong points. Daryl says this is a factory; nothing's gonna fucking grow in this factory. And he's absolutely right. Here's a hundred percent right. If all that factory shit doesn't. It's not it. farmland. No. So what they need to do is they need to turn that shit into like a bullet farm or something. Play to their strengths. They got Eugene. They were the ones with the Smiths. So make do that, and then have like the other hilltops and stuff provide and provide like a barter town system that's the way to go i'm not saying like, yeah but you have maggie pushing back on that that's true you know that's true that's true and, and i can understand what they're doing you know because rick is trying to play devil's advocate and he's trying to keep all the all the pieces in line like he's been doing for the past you know nine seasons and as we know you know andrew lincoln's last season is this season yeah so i ultimately believe that him trying to make everybody happy and appease everyone 
is ultimately what's going to lead to him being killed by somebody. I agree. I, I can't say it's going to be the whispers. I think it's going to be like internal a, an, an absolute deceit. I think so too. By the hands of you know one of his other leaders. But then let's before we go into the other leaders, let's talk about how the the King Ezekiel and the uh, Daryl dilemma wraps up. So they decide. Carol decides that she's like, I'm going to go lead these people. So my question to you is, do you think she will be a good leader? Oh, absolutely. Yeah? I mean, Carol's a kick-ass leader. I mean, yeah. she's a good motivator. I mm-hmm. mean, she's she's obviously can handle herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's done that for years. And, I mean, dude, think about it. She took down Terminus by, by herself. herself. Yes. I mean, it, it, I, it, as many people, you know, want to, you know, refute that fact. Oh, you know, Rick and all those guys had under. No. She no. blew up Terminus by herself. She has countlessly proved time and time again she is MVP. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? She's the MVC, most valuable <laughs> Carol. Carol. And it's- I wholeheartedly agree. She'll be a great leader because she'll tell people just enough what they need to know, but she'll like, this is what you need to do. Yep. And she's she's unexpecting. People are going to be like, oh, people who don't know. Who the hell is this lady going to tell us what to do? We're the fucking saviors. But fucking she's going to rule them with an iron fist. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and that's the thing I think that Carol brings to the table is that she has that very innocent, you know, type of mom, you know, quality to her. And but, she can play that to but, her straight, yeah, too. And she's done it before. Yeah. You know, she was like, oh, I'm coming out. You know, when, when she, the, 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 uh, the saviors had her, you know, gunned down and, you know, uh, in season eight. You know, oh, I'm coming out, I'm coming out. But she had that one guy that was like, she used as a hostage, as a as a meat shield. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you definitely have a person that is, is strong enough to be able to get the job done. Now, ultimately, will that lead into her psyche ultimately breaking? I think so, but... Why? Because she's already shown that she has, you know, issues dealing with all of the things that she's done. You know, at the, when she kind of does, when he, she kind of does that backtracking and she lives on her on her own, you know, in the previous season... You know, she has this kind of like moral questioning of herself on whether or not, you know, having to put down the girls, mm-hmm. you know, her her loss of Sophia, mm-hmm. um, everything that's everything that's led her to be this person has been just, you know, kind of salt salting the earth kind of destruction. I don't think that she's I don't think that being the leader is going to break her i think if anything that's going to make her stronger because one she's been lone wolfing this whole time no no no. and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's going to break her but i'm saying as of right now if something does come up that's bad yeah. at least she has king ezekiel now because she and said if this was if this was two seasons ago and she right. was kind of forced into being a leader i don't think she can handle it because no. she had no one to confide in because who's she going to talk to daryl yeah i mean daryl's about as is you know, unstable as any character that's on this show yeah, he is. because he's very, he, he's very hell bent on just hillbilly justice. Yeah. He's leading with emotion and everything else. Yeah. Well, whereas, you know, King Ezekiel actually has, he comes from a more thoughtful and caring place where, you know, if, if Carol starts to go through something terrible, she can like use him as a sounding board. And I think he's, his advice would be a hell of a lot better than Daryl's and heated. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I think that would be another thing, too. Because two things Carol said. One, the things I went through, corny is good. When yep. they're talking about yep. Daryl's like, yeah, I like King Ezekiel, but he's corny. Because I I dig it. It's great. You know? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And two, I think she'll be fine. Because, like you said, if this was two seasons ago, she couldn't handle it. But the fact of the matter, she told King Ezekiel, I have a home to come home to. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I will be by your side. I'm not ready to marry you, and I don't want this bullshit because one, it's impractical because the ring will get tagged on something. Uh-huh. You know, it wasn't. It, it was like, hey, don't worry about it. And King Ezekiel took it cool. Yeah, you, you know. And the fact of the matter is, he took it cool, and he goes, "Yeah, you have a home to come home to." Then I think that's going to make the savior camp significantly stronger, a power player. Yep. Yeah. And so I think that brings us to the the smallest. Rick Grimes and Michonne is the smallest part of this show. You know, and honestly, I think the Michonne piece of it was probably was the, the best. The, Michonne yeah. was the best in this episode. It, yeah, she she really is. And I, I think, you know, and, and we've said this since last season, they've given Denai Guerrero a lot more ability to use her skill as an actress yes because she is an incredible actress. yes she is you know but i think they've given more than just you know oh you're gonna go over there and play with a sword and you know be a badass they've actually given her more dialogue mm-hmm. more story more development and more interaction yeah and i think that's that's pushed the show over the top in terms of that character of michonne because it's given her more to do one she was the baddest she was one of the baddest ass when it came to uh one yes she's fantastic when it comes to dispatching zombies yep she did the some of the best shit in this one but two she was so smart and mm-hmm. just thoughtful one coming up with like i guess the for lack of a better term the, the charter yeah the charter, the, the charter that's what coming they call up. It. yeah that's a brilliant idea and what is needed you know and two she's just she's good for rick she's good for the world she's just like She's smart. She's talented. She can back up her shit. And what she's doing is fair and just. You know, again, with it's all about... For me, I like characters that are fair, you know? Well, well I mean, with, with her character, I mean, she's she's being a surrogate mother for Judith. Mm-hmm. You know, we see that at the beginning of the episode when, when Rick walks out and they're kind of out on the porch and whatnot, and they're painting together and whatnot. Um, you, see the, you see the portrait of her and Carl in the background. And I mean, that's, that's another one of those things where, you know, Judith remembers her brother, which is, it's gonna, I think that's going to play and it's going to factor in later on in the season where Rick really has to explain, you know, what happened to Carl to her. Um, But yeah, getting back to Michonne, I I think what they've, what they've allowed her to do in regards to like building that character. I mean, it's no longer, yeah, we got this chick that's got this katana and she's pretty cool. You know, I, I think what she does now is she actually gives Rick a purpose. Yeah. You know, besides just, oh, man, my son's gone. My wife's gone. My best friend was banging my wife and he's gone. Yeah. I think Judith looks like my best friend who was banging my wife now. You know, <laughs> all these different things. She's the support that he needs to do what he needs to do. And at the, and at the same time, he's the support that she needs to be able to do what she needs yeah, to do. Yeah, because she's a damn good counsel. Yeah. You know, when, when they're kind of just lying in bed, you know, yeah. she talks about, you know, how they need to get this this charter up and going and how they need to have rules. and She's need, smart. Yeah, exactly. She knows what needs to be done. And I think she's pressing Rick to, to ultimately push for these things. When Rick goes, because we know it's happening. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. I think she would be the perfect leader for the next group. However, I hope we're going to speculation land. I hope she doesn't have a Rick Grimes by proxy freak out. You mean kind of like what he did when he started seeing Lori back in the prison kind Freaking of Freaking out and like shutting down. I mean, I understand everybody's going to need some mental days after that. But at the same time, you know, if they do that with her character. <sighs> I, I don't think it'll happen. I mean. She's- it, when Rick leaves, I think she's going to have a moment, a very sobering moment of trying to figure out what what her 
rolling everything is going to be. I really hope it's not going to be one of those things where Maggie hatches a plan to kill Rick or Daryl does because that hell hath no fury like a Michonne scorn because I guarantee you I don't give a shit how good of a squirrel hunter Daryl is or how badass Maggie can be as a farmer's daughter. They are in no way, shape, or form a match for Michonne. No. No. Absolutely not. The only one in like in any I think in any match that would be even remotely close would be Carol. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus is badass. Jesus got that kung fu ass kickery. Even Marquardt like, you gotta teach me that one day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <You> know? <laughs> and can can we talk about that for a second? The banter between Aaron and, and Jesus when they're kinda out, you know, dispatching just random zombies. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus is like high kicking zombies and putting them on the ground and Aaron's stabbing them and whatnot. And Aaron kind of looks back at him and he goes, "Hey man, you can you teach me that one day?" And Jesus makes the comment. He goes, "I got, I've got, yeah, I've got a children's class you can come to." So it's, I, I hope they start building that relationship because those are two characters that we've not really seen interact. Or, I mean, we've seen a little bit of Jesus. We've seen, you know, Aaron was really what got the Oceanside into the battle against Deegan. But we've not seen those two characters on screen a lot. I hope we see B Squad step up their game. You're talking about like Tara, Rosita, Eugene. I want to see more of them because they were very integral parts of last season. Yeah. And I really enjoyed their characters. And I want to see where they go with them, you know. I want to see the Rosita revolution. And I want to see a little bit more of um, the Preacher and um, Jadis. Yeah. I like those characters. And I want to see more. They had a good interaction. And I'm glad they welcomed everybody in, you know. And yeah, it, it was kind of like a, like a kumbaya moment with yeah, everybody. I dug it. So I, I thought it was I thought it was really um, really telling when they're in the Natural History Museum and Rick doesn't call her Jadis calls her Anne mm-hmm. you know like she's kind of shed this garbage you know, she's she's treading you know trashed it she will always be trash to me boo earned <laughs> sir boo earned I mean that in the most loving way because I love those weird ass trash people <laughs> and and honestly man Pollyanna McIntosh I don't understand how you she did the weird it. like trash speak. You know, from the the last season, but I mean, dude, she she killed it as Jadis. I think that you know the the whole you know trash people slurry and and watching all of her friends kind of snapped get, her out of yeah. her queen bee mode. Yeah, exactly. And I think that she wants to she wants to survive. Yeah, I want to see more of um, Eugene. I want to see more of uh, Gabriel. I want to see more of Jadis. You know, I like I said, we I, I like where they're taking the main A team, mm-hmm. but I want to see also now now that episode one's out of the way, I want to see like some B squad step up. Yeah, so really, the last thing we have to talk about is a nice little conversation between Maggie and Rick, mm-hmm. where you know Rick needs additional resources for the sanctuary to get them up and going. We need more and, resources to continue. And really, uh, the hilltop is the only community that's uh, that's able to you know put forth any kind of excess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after everything broke out with Gregory talking about, you know, and, and having a conversation with the two distraught parents about, you know, the sanctuary didn't do anything for us. And, you know, these people tried to kill us and whatnot. I think Maggie's in the right. You know, Rick goes, yeah. we, you know, I've asked you for so much, but I need to ask you for a little bit more. And Maggie's like, no, you know, fuck that. Mm-hmm. You know, these I, we will give them food, but the sanctuary, the survivor or the, the same, the saviors will be lending the majority, if not all, of the labor to fix the bridges. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I think that's a 
I think it's an interesting power play between the two of them because, you know, for so long, Rick was the one everybody looked to. Now it's Maggie. He's the famous Rick Grimes. Yeah, and now is Rick going to be able to handle that? I don't know. Well, apparently not later on. We'll find out. So do we have anything else that you want to touch on? Mm, I, I I like the moments of gore. The zombies looked cool. The state of decay on them again. Really went well. Yeah, I mean, the, we're the, nine seasons in, and they just keep decaying even more. So The slouchy mouth zombie was good. Um, Slouch mouth. Yeah. The spider mo- the spider zombie. While I, you could tell it was kind of hokey looking, it was effective. Yeah. So. so like we do with every episode, on a scale of one to ten, ten being the highest, how would you rate this episode? Mm, one last thing. I really enjoyed the new intro. Oh, yeah. We didn't even I touch really, on the new intro. I really enjoyed the new intro. Yeah, it was kind of comic booky. Yeah, it was. It was comic booky, and it showed... It, it was more lighthearted, but also kind of ominous, because it had all these, like, life on the decay. Mm-hmm. You know, with the, with the roses and shit growing on skulls and stuff, and I've always digged that, like, aesthetic. And I liked that. I really did it. I really did enjoy that. So, it kind of reminded me of this episode. It was a little bit different. Very interesting. The pace was a little bit slower. Not a lot of big things went on, but overall, it felt like a good welcome back. I really enjoyed this episode. I so I'm gonna give it a good solid seven. Yeah, because it was nothing too crazy happened. You know, nothing like. But it set up a very interesting game. Yeah, it, I think it's gonna be. I don't think it's going to be as action heavy as, you know, previous seasons have been, mm-hmm. you know, because we just had all out war. Well, this you is know, very political. Yeah, this, this is not super political. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of like back alley deals and, you know, handshakes and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I think this I'm is cool. going to be more, this is more going to be more chess than just mm-hmm. straight up checkers. So, yeah, you know, I'm going to go right in line with you. I mean, I think for a season premiere, this was probably one of the slower ones. But it worked. Yeah, but it really did. It worked. So I'm gonna go. Actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with seven as well. Yeah. Um. I want to remind everybody that we will be back with the media rewind recaps. AMC's The Walking Dead every Monday mm-hmm. following the show. And for a few more weeks, you're gonna see us twice with the purge. Yeah. Yeah. Double the genius. Double the fun. <laughs> Something. <laughs> but with that being said, on behalf of Genius McGee, I'm Dustin P. And I'm gonna go harvest some crops. <laughs>